0: Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello, friends. Welcome back to this week's Heart of Dating Select episode. I've been brainstorming the very best ways to serve you in this season, and I realize we have so many newbies here in the Heart of Dating community. So because of so many new people around here, I wanted to give you a chance to listen to episodes that could really help you sharpen the tools in your tool belt. And at the same time, if you are a Heart of Dating OG, do not tune out, my friend. These episodes could really be an epic refresher for you about some of our past content. So, what I did was I went back through the Heart of Dating archives to bring back some episodes that are really going to serve you in this season. These episodes were hand selected by me, which is why we call this series the Heart of Dating Select Series. And as I was going through episodes, I saw a fun trend. I noticed that some of our top episodes happen to also be about things to do with the intersection of faith and mental health, featuring some of the epic doctors and experts we've had on the show. So because of that, this Heart of Dating Select series is going to be featuring doctors and experts as you become equipped to tackle things such as dating anxiety, trauma, attachment style, love languages, soul ties, codependency, love addiction, and so many other things. So... Make sure to tune in and listen to even the other Heart of Dating Select episodes that we've already launched because all of this content is really going to help you. On that note, you've probably heard me say it, but I think that therapy is sexy. I honestly think it is so important that we prioritize our mental health. Personally, I have dated far too many unhealthy people and I have admittedly also been somewhat toxic and unhealthy in my past relationships as well. Now more than ever, I value mental health and how that can partner with faith. You've also probably heard me talk about faithful counseling before. And you guys, that's because it's honestly an incredible service. We have gotten such amazing feedback from literally hundreds of you who currently use faithful counseling. It's an affordable option to find a virtual Christian therapist. And for Heart of Dating listeners, you get a 10% discount on your first month when you sign up through the Heart of Dating by going to getfaithful.com forward slash Heart of Dating. If you've never tried it before, just click it, check it out. What's there to lose? On today's Heart of Dating Select episode, we are talking about body shame and body image. I'm so thrilled because I had the privilege of sitting down with a new friend, Dr. Morgan Francis, to talk about body image and body shame and its effect on dating. Dr. Morgan Francis is a doctor of clinical psychology and a licensed mental health therapist, as well as a wife and a mother to three children in Scottsdale, Arizona. She is the owner of Scottsdale Premier Counseling in Scottsdale, Arizona. Her mission is to break through the mental health shame game. With over 20 years of experience specializing in the treatment of body image and eating disorders, Dr. Francis can empower you to make peace with your body and food. Dr. Francis believes that for too long, society has been embracing diet culture and pushing you to believe how you look is not good enough. No matter how thin or fit you look, you cannot outrun the pressures that surround you. The transformation of loving and appreciating your body happens internally, not externally. Dr. Francis has developed online courses on body image and self-love that will help you to take back your life. She has also been featured on a variety of events and news outlets from the Powerhouse Women's Event and was even recognized by Lululemon as a female leader making a difference for her inspiring work on body image. She's also a frequent guest on Fox 10 News as an expert in the mental health field. Guys, I could not get enough of this conversation with Dr. Morgan Francis, because here's the deal, there is not one person on the planet that I've met who hasn't struggled with body image and body shame, even just a little bit in their life. It's something that really pertains to all of us. Dr. Francis's work is powerful, and this conversation today on body shame is, I think, so applicable for each of us and how we live our everyday lives, as well as how we actually show up in dating. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation on this Heart of Dating select episode with Dr. Morgan Francis. Dr. Morgan Francis, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today.
1: Thank you so
0: much. I'm really excited to be here today. I am so excited. And I just got to call out Morgan. I love that the real life podcasting situation because you are committed to this uh, process. Will you just tell everyone where you're recording from right now?
1: Yeah, this is actually so funny. So I'm sitting in my closet and I have one of my children's chairs that I'm sitting in. um, (laughs) And I just got a brand new puppy and he is adorable, but he's also not loving the crate. And I knew if I had him in the crate, because it was in my bedroom, there would be no way that I could, you know, record this podcast without hearing the howling in the background. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I like locked myself in the closet, I moved him into the laundry room, I'm sitting in my kids little chair, you know, we just, we make it work. <laughs> Hashtag committed. I mean, girl, this is so the story of my life.
0: I was just telling you, I've done this podcast for coming up on two years, never had a studio and I'm not that fancy with it. I just. Have My equipment, I can bring it wherever I go, and I just like do it from random places in my apartment wherever I feel is quiet that day. (laughs) So, yes, I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes sirens go by, sometimes the mailman starts like ringing my doorbell incessantly, and we just go with it, you know. So, I appreciate your commitment, (laughs) absolutely. I wasn't
1: gonna let anything get in the way, so I'm here. (laughs) I love it.
0: Oh, well, Morgan, I'm so just thrilled. It was awesome to be connected to you, and I love the work you're doing for people who don't
1: know who you are. Will you just share a little bit of? About who you are what you do yes so I am a doctor of clinical psychology I'm a licensed mental health therapist and I reside in the state of Arizona in Scottsdale and I'm the owner and founder of Scottsdale premier counseling and I provide therapeutic services for individuals couples and family members and I specialize in the treatment of body image emotional eating eating disorders sexual health grief Mm -hmm. and loss and all the things right oh so um so yes i've been practicing for Oh my goodness. Now I think I'm coming up on 20 years. I can't wow. believe it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Time just
0: flies. But you are come highly recommended. I know we have a mutual friend and she just raves about how incredible you are, how wise you are, how encouraging you are. And ever since I found out about who you are, I've been following along and like, okay, this woman is legit. She is really amazing. And you talk about so many incredible subjects, Morgan, but something I do really love that you do is you also help people to really feel empowered in their own bodies and body image is such a big topic in terms of how we see ourselves and how we even show up in dating. It affects how we show up in dating. And we've never had a conversation about body image on the podcast. And so I'm really excited because uh, I think that a lot of people are like, what body image and dating? I'm like, yeah, it it actually is huge. And so I kind of want to open up the discussion and talk about this more. And maybe we could just start simple and tell us how would you really define body image?
1: so how i define body image is our thoughts our attitudes our feelings and our behaviors regarded to the way that we look Mm -hmm. so all the way from our toes all up to our head and there are many things that can affect the development or ideology of our body image friends culture parents, genetics. So there's many factors and it's really important to understand how much of our body image makes up the pie of our self-concept. So the con- self-concept is how we see ourselves, um, meaning who are we? And so many times if we make a big stew and all these things go into making up our self-concept, so our morals, our values, our relationships, a career, our family another ingredient is body image but what happens is that the ingredient of body image dominates the rest of the ingredients so everything becomes about our appearance.
0: Mm,
1: Wow, that could not be more true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that
0: do, uh, you mentioned a few of them, but like how do we get into wherever we are today with the image that we might have for our bodies? I know that might be unique to people, but what are some of the things that might shape how big that piece of the stew becomes for us?
1: Well, and generally um, we see three factors that negatively affect our body image the most. So media and diet culture, Family and peers, and then traumatic events or experiences. Mm. So it's important if you are struggling with, you know, appreciating or even liking—I don't even use the word loving because many of us are not even at that place yet—but liking the way that we look, then it's going to be important to explore with potentially a licensed professional counselor, someone that you know is experienced in treating this area, so that they can help you understand and uncover the wounds that led you to having a negative body image. Mm, So you said media and diet culture that
0: makes so Mm -hmm. much sense to me. I mean, I feel like that's probably to me the one that seems the most prominent, even though some of the other ones might be deeper because they might be more personal. But I'm just thinking personally how it's affected me like, wow, I mean, Kardashians, things like that, that really impact like how we should what body image should be for me as a woman. And then you said family and peers, that makes a lot of sense. And then traumatic experiences. Was that it? Yes, traumatic experiences. And
1: I define trauma is a loss of connection to the self.
0: How early can this stuff start affecting us? You know, like because I feel like as innocent children, we don't necessarily have as much of a concept of this. So in your opinion, like how does that kind of develop? Where do we really become more aware of these things?
1: You know, it's really devastating to see the research as coming out as early as five years old. So when kindergartners were asked, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, we would most likely want to hear, you know, astronaut or scientist or basketball player or nurse or teacher. And what we're seeing is that these kids will say these things and also desire to be thin and pretty.
0: Mm, oh my gosh. Where and they're getting that mainly from like all the those influences you just said. Like it's it's so interesting because I feel like I don't know, maybe it's different. I don't know the history, but like I don't feel like it used to be this way exactly.
1: Well, it's you know, it's hard to know if it used if it's always been this way, or we're just being able to test and assess this more because Mm. it is, you know, such a predominant part of how we live and engage with ourselves and/or others. Mm. But what's important to understand with childhood development is that children and learn through social modeling, mm. meaning monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. So you could have a child be very benign when it comes to their body image, but then they watch their mom struggle with her yo-yo dieting and, or step on the scale and, you know, give a very negative reaction to the number she sees or look in the mirror and start criticizing the way that she looks and, you know, maybe, you know, saying, oh, I can't eat that. You know, mommy's going to have a salad tonight, but you can have your spaghetti. And so all of those types of interactions, the child files in their data bank, And then what happens is they start to think, well, if mom doesn't think she's beautiful and I think mom's the most beautiful person because she's my mom, then what does that say about me? Right. And so one of the biggest questions I get asked by parents, especially mothers, is how do I make sure that my daughter and son have a healthy body image? And my initial reaction is, oh, my goodness, they want to make sure that their child doesn't hate their body the way that they have always hated their body. Right. And so I let them know it starts with you. If you want your child to have a healthy relationship with their body, then you have to model a healthy relationship with yours.
0: Mmm, that's so true because I'm thinking that like and personalizing it, but it, it's like no matter how much almost our parents could say you're beautiful or you're attractive or you're handsome if you're a man, like... If they can say that to you, but then if they're modeling something else out like that, they're really self-conscious about their body or they're they're really careful about what they eat and they're obsessively careful. Like we're going to pick up on those things, maybe almost even more than the messages we're getting
1: told. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up. I mean, my mom was so wonderful and she always gave me praise and affirmation and was very positive towards me. But it was no secret that I saw her struggle with her own relationship with her body weight, shape and size. And my mom is an amazing, beautiful woman. And so I could see how much she struggled. And therefore, when I became older, then I adapted those, you know, struggles myself, because that's exactly what happens. It's we model what we see. And so it's really important. And of course, she, you know, meant no harm, she would never, you know, want to ever hurt me. But you know, she was struggling with her own body image. So I really, Encourage any, you know, parents and/or aunts or coaches or anyone that comes in contact with children to really start to be mindful of your self-talk and and how you talk about weight and appearance and how much time, attention, and mental resources you're putting into your appearance. Mm,
0: so good. I think this is something for us, even people who are single and processing, like this is such a good thing to think of. Okay, what has shaped you going back to the roots? Like maybe the reasons why they've never dove into why they're so self-conscious about their body could really result in some childhood messaging. And this is so good to know now because if we wanna be parents one day for all the single people listening, these are things we should be conquering right now for many reasons for ourselves, but then also for the future of our children.
1: Absolutely, and I, and I say this a lot like in youth groups. So I think that's a really good opportunity to model healthy relationships with regards to our body when you're around young adults and youth groups and educating them on developing healthy relationships with your body
0: so good now to take all this a step further i want to kind of also talk about how body image affects how we personally show up in dating relationships because i could tell stories all day long of how it's impacted me but i'd love to just hear from you from your opinion how does this impact kind of how individuals both male and female are showing up in their romantic relationships
1: Oh yes. I mean this is a really great topic and because it's it's there's so much research showing that a negative body image can negatively affect our self-esteem, mm-hmm. negatively affect our gender identity. So when my body changes in shape or size, I may not feel as feminine or masculine based on how it looks. It also can lead to increased interpersonal anxiety. So, mm-hmm. how I feel in the space with you, and therefore I may feel worrisome and/or you know restless about the way that I look. It also can lead to social isolation. So, if I'm not liking the way that I look, and I feel like oh I've, I'm too overweight, or I've put on too much weight, I'm not going to be likely to go out there and, you know, go out on a date because I'm going to feel self-conscious about the way that I look. Mm -hmm. We also see um, an avoidance of sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. So we may not, you know, feel safe and, or want to engage in any type of sexual activity because Mm -hmm. we're feeling self-conscious about the way that we look. It can also lead to an increase of depression. So we feel hopeless and helpless. And then the main thing too, that we're recognizing through research is that it really can create a shame. So yeah. when our very own bodies fill us with, you know, disgust and feelings of worthlessness, shame can fundamentally change who we are and how we approach the world, specifically the dating world. Yeah. So it's the woman who is afraid to speak up and say, "Oh, I really actually would love to go to Chipotle tonight" because she doesn't want to be judged on what she picks to where to go to eat. It could be, you know, the the person who's got, you know, the crooked teeth who is afraid to smile to their partner because they may question, you know, they're fearful like if i speak up they may little question my value or contributions Shame is just it shows up because it's so critical of our size and shape. You know, it's when we maybe you know meet somebody for the first time, and we're so worried about how they're initially going to react to our appearance. Yeah, so there's many layers that our body, shame, and a negative body image can can affect the way that we interact in the dating world.
0: You know, that's something so interesting too that you're bringing up because I think oftentimes I find that I'm coaching people or talking to people who are like, oh my gosh, I just can't get on a date or I just can't, I don't have good dating experiences. And I think it's almost not as much like how many dating experiences you're having, but how are you showing up on them, right? Because or like, even just when you meet people, if you're if someone's not asking you out, for example, if you don't feel someone's interested in you, I wonder if some of that is reflecting because we're not giving off an energy that's confident that because it comes back to like, what I always say is like, How can someone else love you if you don't love you? And so I think there's a level that we can, we energetically experience that without being like too woo-woo spiritual. I do believe that we give off like an energy that says I'm confident or I'm not, (laughs) you
1: know? Oh, absolutely. And this is really goes to the social psychology term confirmation Mm -hmm. bias. So Mm -hmm. if I don't love myself or I think of myself as ugly or unattractive, then I am going to subconsciously seek out partners that affirm my confirmation.
0: Mm, wow so they would go for somebody who isn't as attractive would that be what it they means? would go or- for
1: somebody who confirms their own deepest fears about themselves oh wow so you might find a person that is then critical of the way that you look oh, who is not accepting who has judgment right so mm. that's the confirmation bias that we you know subconsciously will will put ourselves in because we attract just like you were saying like right. the energy we put out is the energy that we're going to attract.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's so fascinating. And that's why it's like so often when I'm coaching people, I'm like, okay, you guys, it's not just like I'm not just hitch here trying to help you get on a date. Yes, I want to do that. (laughs) Like, that's great. But we need to address some of these things first and confidence and the way we perceive ourselves and body image being a huge part in that stew is one of the biggest parts I find that we have to do. And something that like I have also had to work through it's been a huge journey of mine still a journey and something you touched on too just like even in the sexual avoidance of sexual intimacy even though like most of our listeners as Christians we are avoiding having sex there's still a level of that we feel really disconnected from our sexuality and from even being able to be sensual and so because of that if we see our body image in such a way or we have negative body image we're showing up not being able to flirt not being able to like be sensual in any way. And I believe there's nothing wrong with being sensual in a dating relationship. We need to be sensual. Jesus was sensual. It's about experiencing the senses and interacting with someone in terms of the senses. And so I've just seen that happen a lot, especially in faith-based relationships. We cut that off and then we have this very stale interaction with somebody that is very one-dimensional of that. Is it making any sense?
1: (laughs) It makes complete sense, and I'm so glad that you uh, made that point because that's so important. Because with the term sexual intimacy, it that's not meaning sexual intercourse, right? That's meaning, like you said, um, sensuality, femininity, masculinity, Mm -hmm. and physical touch. So physical touch could be a hug. A physical touch could be hand holding. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend in college that I don't know the term or the name for it, but she would sweat. And so her hands were constantly sweaty. So she was so insecure about holding anybody's hand. And it wasn't until we became, you know, close friends that she confided and shared with all of us about her insecurity. So as, as part of her sisterhood, we made sure to always hold her hand. You know, we got you girl, give me your hands. And because we, we loved her anyways, we wouldn't, we would never want her to feel self-conscious about, her hands being, you know, moist or well, gosh, it's such a bad word. I hate that word. I, can't I hate the I even word moist too. <laughs> my, my sister was here; she would be covering her ears and putting her, her hands in her ears right now. I didn't know what other word to use, but you all know what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes. Um, so anyway, so it could it could be anything regarding physical touch, and you also mentioned flirtatious behavior. Yeah, and I and I love that because that's that you know that fun. You know, that's where. I don't know, the, the dating aspect can be really so fun and yes. adventurous with flirting. But if we are feeling, you know, obviously self-conscious about ourselves, we really will make ourselves small. Um, mm-hmm. And meaning in our wellness and our mental capacity, we, we just don't think that we, we are capable. And right. so it's so important, you know, to look at your relationship with your body image so that you can obviously show up for yourself, but then also be a, a great partner for your partner.
0: Right. And I think some of the things we're bringing up like flirtation and physical touch of any kind, a lot of Christians like kind of put that in almost a shame based box. And because of that, like leading to your last point about negative body image of shame, it changes how they show up and they feel like they almost shame those things in their mind. And Mm. it's just what I've been trying to also work with women and men to figure out is like, y'all, this is not bad. There's a difference between like the desire and intent. You can flirt with somebody. But you flirting with somebody doesn't mean you have to have sex with somebody. (laughs) Like let's just say that right right. now, right? Yes. And it's totally okay. Like God created us as sensual beings and said all of us was good. And that yes, we we follow certain parameters to guard our hearts in terms of abstinence, but like it doesn't mean that we should be disconnected from our sexualities. And I think a lot of that stems from just the way we have shame towards our bodies overall. Mm -hmm. And this is just like that goes into a whole other conversation we've touched on a little bit you know and you mentioned a point as well morgan about just how it even shows up and affects our feminine and masculine energy within dating and mm-hmm. i'd love to kind of talk about that even a little bit more because i've seen this play out even for me personally so maybe we could talk a little bit about that
1: yeah i mean there's so much pressure for men and women to hold the ideal image and 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 this is really the the beauty myth yeah. ideal and the ideal image has really greatly changed over time so you know in the 1920s during the flapper era you know women were supposed to you know bind like their breasts so take tape and make themselves as flat as possible long and slender was the look many of them were taking supplements to help them you know restrict their their diets and and be very thin Mm -hmm. um And then as as time went on and after the war, we saw um, women more at home and this, you know, curvaceous Marilyn Monroe type of um, ideal came out. And there really wasn't much focus on men's body shape and size until I would say that the 70s where Mm -hmm. like the hippie era came out and still for men, it was, you know, stick thin, lean, minimal muscle tone. And then it wasn't until, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Hulk came out and He-Man with these cartoon characters that really embraced like this uber masculine look of large muscles and strength and power and dominance. And then for women, we saw more of a like, you know, the fit kind of look, but also still the supermodel with um, (laughs) in the 80s with, you know, Sports Illustrated, because they're still extremely thin. But now there's, you know, there's some kind of maybe muscle tone to them. I'm not really sure. But, you know, then in the 90s, obviously, we had Heroin Chic, so Kate Moss, Kurt yeah. Cobain was very much the look. And and then it moved into Fight Club with Brad Pitt for men, mm-hmm. um, being, you know, with the six-pack abs, rough, um, hardcore, you know, like strong masculine energy again. And that's still somewhat the look, but yeah. it's, you know... There's there's been different emergence from from that, but still, it, it really goes back to the Fight Club for men still today in this you know time, and then for women, we had you know pop culture with Britney Spears coming out, her long blonde hair and very athletic but very firm tight body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now, obviously, as you mentioned a, a couple moments ago, the Kardashian look yes. uh, with first Kim Kardashian, and more so now with Kylie jenner. and and what's interesting is that for Kylie Jenner, we're seeing cosmetic enhancements. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about weight loss and dieting, it's about changing your your appearance, mm-hmm. you know um, permanently and or using, I don't know, I'm just going to like lip injections or Botox fillers to, to have at least a certain time period to change your appearance. And that is new because when we look at, you know, earlier 1920s, forties, fifties, there, there was nothing really dominant about cosmetic procedures. It was just, you know, using garments or, you know, supplements or starvation, but now we're adding a whole new piece. So, And then with social media, with all the apps, I mean, we're seeing um, like these apps being used for yearbook photos. So instead of just going to somebody to take your photo for your yearbook for high school, there's now professional photographers that will take your photo and then edit it so that you have fuller lips, you have smoother skin, oh, you have fuller I hair. did not know this. You, you have more of a chisel, yeah, you have a more chiseled face, you know, if it's for men, more squ- square jawline. So it's really interesting. I mean, it, it's scary. <laughs> it's like, well,
0: yeah. I mean, it's just scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get ads sometimes in, from the app Facetune, which I believe mm-hmm. people are still using, but like, yeah. you can literally like morph your entire body in an image and then post it to social media. It's wild to me. And I say that because I actually went through a phase a few years ago where I was doing that consistently. And it wasn't super dramatic, but it was definitely like smoothing my face and making tweaks mm-hmm. on my thighs and my arms and my jawline to make myself look a specific way. And I I, like got into this anxious cycle of like, I couldn't even post a photo unless I had edited it. And nobody else could post a photo of me unless I like fully approved it, you know? Mm. And this- I had to really break it down for myself a few years ago. Like, why was I doing, why am I doing that? What's going on? What's underneath here? What are the things I don't love about myself? What does God say about those things? I mean, it's a whole, there was a whole journey, but that influence from social media is so big, you know? And there's a pressure when you see everybody else doing it. I mean, like we, it's so easy through filters now to look like amazing on social media.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, no, and I totally agree, I mean, we, I think it's very common for so many of us to, you know, go with what we're constantly seeing Mm. because that's, that's part of the culture, right? So we just go along with what we're seeing. Um, So we will see it with like homogeneity. So you'll see Teenagers, like they'll dress alike, you know, a group of girls come in and they all have the same shorts or the same style of hair, or all the boys will look the same. And 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 we know this from you know cultural norms, um, this homogeneity effect. But it also happens with social media. So you'll even see sometimes even like the same content being yeah. put out there, and it's like, okay, this is the same message, but really just kind of worded a little bit differently. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's the same message. Or with influencers, mm. they're all focusing on this same I don't know topic or body part or look so true yeah it's really common so if that's if that's something that we're constantly seeing then we think oh like I should do this too but then we don't recognize the ramifications and the repercussions that come with that and then the messages that we are subliminally sending to our to ourselves about our body like I don't like my thighs so I'll use this app and I'll make them thinner or um, my hands are too big so I'll make my hands smaller right um you know whatever whatever feature it may be yeah
0: All right, y'all, it's time to get honest. I've struggled with adult acne for years, and it's been incredibly difficult to say the least. Now, this is terrible to even admit, you guys, but back in the day, I used to heat up a washcloth and in essence tried to burn the bad acne off of my face. This quote-unquote worked for a time being. It made the acne go down, but eventually all it did was leave even worse red scarring on my face. I've also gotten other terrible advice to put toothpaste on my acne and all sorts of other weird solutions and concoctions. But here's the fun fact. Most home remedies and over-the-counter acne products don't work. And even worse, they can really damage your skin. Exhibit A. But do you know what actually does work? Prescription treatments. That's why I'm so excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of today's episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. They actually connect you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history. Then you'll snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you hit your other skincare goals, like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. Since I'm now in my 30s, I really felt that it was time to stop my adult acne and start working on the redness and some of the wrinkles I'm even getting. That's why Apostrophe has truly been amazing in my life. Today, I'm so excited to share that we have a special deal for our audience. You can save $15 off your first visit with a board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash heart of dating when you use our code heart of dating. Now, this code is only available to our listeners. To get started, you go to apostrophe.com slash heart of dating, click begin visit, and then use our code heart of dating at sign up, and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe.com slash heart of dating and use the code heart of dating to get your dermatology visit and save $15. We thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast and saving our skin. All right, you guys, I have to be honest about something. One of the most dreaded things I've had to face as a single woman is my finances. Prior to starting The Heart of Dating, I actually used to work in fashion and lived in New York City of all places. Now I'd be lying if I didn't admit that I racked up a lot of debt during those years of being a fashion mogul. And honestly, I used to dread looking at my credit card statement every month. Do you feel me? Well, if you do, I don't blame you. Interest rates make it hard to pay off your debt. And I know that with COVID, it's added to that for so many people as well. But here's the deal. One of the most attractive things we can do in our singleness is work on getting our finances in order. Am I right? Or am I right? You guys, financial wisdom is really attractive. It just is. And I want to help you with that today by introducing you to Upstart. Upstart can lift the dreaded weight of debt off your shoulders so that you can finally feel the relief of being free of credit card debt. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off all your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether you're paying credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and your employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So listen, my friends, I want to help you take some of the pressure off in your singleness. This is the time to start getting your finances in order right now without stressing over it to the nth degree. You can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash That's upstart.com slash of dating. It's really important, you guys, that you don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. You can go to upstart.com slash heart today. So there's two things that's coming up for me, like one, A, how do we figure out how to sort through all of this and find our own personal body respect? And then also B, which we can go into next, which is how is this affecting what we then expect from other people as well? Because I think that these subliminal messages not only affects how we are showing up, but then what we think other people should look like or what we deem to be attractive and all of that. So maybe we can start, I guess, whichever one you want to start with, Morgan, but I think kind of touching on both would be helpful now that we've like detailed out the problem.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's, you know, it's such, it's the, the main thing is to create the number one step is to create awareness. Mm -hmm. So really become conscious of, you know, how you talk to yourself and then how you are talking about others, like looking Mm -hmm. at your own judgment and biases you have about others. So, you know, for instance, I was just on the phone the other day with a good male friend of mine and he's single And he's, you know, good looking, successful, like a great, you know, full package. And I was like, hey, how's it going, you know, in the dating world? And he goes, you know, I just, I'm not stimulated. There's no one I sit in front of that really stimulates me. Mm. Now, this is a a man, and and while I adore him, has a mental checklist in his mind of the women he comes in contact with. And I said, well, you know, it's interesting because you know, maybe the factor that needs to change is not the, is not the women, but how you're perceiving them, mm. you know, how you are judging them, the, like, get rid of the the checklist yeah. and allow these women to show up, you know, authentically and imperfectly and be themselves. And maybe, then you might get stimulated and he's like okay i'm gonna try it you know so (laughs) you know because i think that's it you know we have um you know objectification Mm -hmm. of ourselves and then we have objectification of others so it's really important that we understand both lenses the lens that we have of ourselves and the lens that we have of somebody else you know i i tend to try to teach my patients to Challenge your negative body image, you know, mm-hmm. really look at the areas that you are struggling with. And then the second step would be to start listening and responding to your body. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, you know, if you're hungry, eat, yeah. um, you know, so many times, you know, if I'm hungry, you know, we'll be told like, oh, just drink water. <laughs> um, or, you know, chew gum or, you know, avoid, you know, only eat certain times of day. Or if I'm full, you know, I need to stop eating and not keep eating right. after my body's telling me I've had enough. And then another part is just really appreciating your body. Yes. So for what i say to people is, you know, move away from focusing on how your body looks and get back to appreciating what your body does. Mm. So I may not like the look of my legs, but what is what do my legs help me to do? They yeah. help me to run, they help me to move, they help me to stand, they help me to, you know, go hiking, go skiing, you know, like run after my children, play with my puppy. Yeah. You know, appreciating what your body does for you. And then the fourth one I would say is really practice the pause, meaning practice pausing in those moments where you are struggling and giving yourself compassion, mm. self-compassion. Um, self-compassion is is really like showing up to yourself as if you were talking to one of your friends. Yeah. So being kind, being your own cheerleader, you know, really nurturing yourself. And we see that there's so many benefits of self-compassion, not only from a mental health standpoint, but from also a physiological standpoint.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Like I always say, you know, like don't say things to yourself that you'd never say to somebody else um like i think when it comes to body when it comes to a lot of things we do this but when a body image it's like oh my gosh girl like we say to ourselves you look fat you're too bloated your face is this or you're not toned enough here or your butt doesn't look good and we'd probably literally never say that to somebody else (laughs) you know but we are telling ourselves those messages all the time (laughs) and that means that it's like the first thing we're thinking about when we show up I mean at least it is for me if I'm like I don't feel confident in this outfit I don't like the way I look then like it immediately impacts how I'm able to connect with the other person because I may be talking to the other person but subconsciously I'm thinking about what are they looking at right now do they notice this thing that I'm really self-conscious of you know and it just like it over dominates our entire thinking.
1: Absolutely. You're exactly right. It, it takes over our mental attention mm-hmm. because instead of being genuine and authentic in our interaction with the other person, we are hyper-focused in on whatever feature we are feeling insecure about.
0: Mm-hmm. So true. So
1: we're hiding our stomach. We're hiding, you know, a, like a body feature or even maybe it's a blemish on your face or acne. Yeah. I, I had psoriasis when I was in my twenties and I lived in Florida at the time and there was really no way I could cover up because it was so hot out. So I had horrible skin, different like white and red patches all over my arms and my extremities. And I, I actually went and consulted with a doctor about it, but what ended up happening is for me to really come to peace with my skin and being able to work through my own insecurities. Um, And so I really had to show up for myself and get myself to interact socially. And if people ask me like, what is that? I'd be like, Oh, it's psoriasis. You know, I've been stressed out. I've got finals and everything going on and it's reaction to my stress and just means I really need to up my self care. And it really opened the door for really great conversations about how many of us were really stressed yeah so um it's really important it's it can it can be so many different factors it may not be something that we can even try to control maybe it's something genetically that we were born with that you know really has been a source of stress but then looking at okay how do i make peace with this how do i you know, come to terms with what God and life has has given to me. I feel like that's the question
0: I keep asking myself, like, okay, what standard, what is my actual beauty ethic and wh- how has God uniquely created me and how mm-hmm. can I come into alignment and to peace with that, which is the constant process. I feel like I don't know if we ever arrive at like this perfect I think I'm beautiful forever concept. You know, like I think we're constantly working on it because our bodies probably are constantly
1: changing throughout time, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I love what you just said because that's that's there's an idea out there that we should weigh what we weighed when we were, you know, 17 yes. years old. Oh my gosh. Like I should still fit into, you know, the jeans that I wore in high school and I mean, if you do, that's fine, but it's not something I should be like a goal of mine. Oh my gosh, 100%. Right? Like there's other goals for me to really put my time and energy and mental resources into not fitting into my high school genes needs to be one of them because it takes away from my ability to create, to serve others, Mm -hmm. to put myself out there. And that's really what our purpose is. You know, like we are, you know, God's messengers. We're we're here to help serve. And I think that that's really the like why I went through what I went through with my own eating disorder, with my own struggles. Is so mm-hmm. I could, you know, help and talk to other women and men that, that struggle and, and let them know that they're not alone. Yeah.
0: You know, what was happening for me just a few years ago is I went through some autoimmune, major autoimmune imbalances and issues in my body would constantly fluctuate in weight. And I, that was the time where I got cripplingly like aware of my image in front of other people mm-hmm. and started mm-hmm. editing my photos. And I was so self-conscious because I felt like I couldn't, I was out of control of my body. What ended up happening, having to happen is I had a Really question my own intentions. Like, why? am I not going out tonight why okay. am I editing this photo um, why am I going on this extreme diet why am I feeling this way in a certain date like what are my intentions and why I'm doing things and and how I'm showing up because if I am trying to figure out my health imbalances if I'm on a diet or if I'm trying new health regimen for the fact that I just feel unhealthy and I want to get to health and that's a good that to me is a good intention but if I'm doing all this because I'm like so crippingly scared Scared of like what other people are seeing, that it's not a good intention. You know, the intention is based in fear. And these are the, a lot of the conversations I had to have with myself and just check-ins like, okay. And we talk, you kind of talk through this, like the awareness and all of that and pausing and giving myself compassion. But like, what? why was I showing up in those ways and how Could I align the reasons for why I was doing things with like healthy reasons? You
1: know, does that make sense? Mm. Um, It makes really great sense. And I love that you took the time to explore. mm. And and through that self-exploration, we get to know ourselves even deeper and a much, much deeper, more intimate level. And Mm. so many of us, you know, just go through autopilot on a daily basis and we let our ego get in the way. And I would imagine there's been so many of your listeners that have had their own, you know, trials when it comes to times in their life where their body weight fluctuated because of whatever reason that whatever, because of the season that they were in. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's beautiful that you were able to, you know, get in tune with yourself and just be able to really befriend yourself again. And that helps build that body trust and respect
0: yeah and what i will say with this too and thank you for saying that it's so beautiful to my heart it also in tandem affected how i saw other people too you know because i do think that body image affects what also what we expect within dating which we kind of talked about through unrealistic standards through culture media through porn right and like and for me it also affected how what i was open to in terms of attractiveness in terms of what somebody else looked like um once i had more Grace and compassion for myself. How do you think, Morgan, that we can do that more um, for people? Mm Because I think what you said earlier about the example with the guy, you know, he's like, nobody is stimulating. Well, I find that a lot of guys I talk to and I love them, but they're guys who are like, I have all these standards of like the Bible loving girl I want, and she has to basically look like a supermodel. Whether or not they say she needs to look like a supermodel, their standard for that is that, you know? And I'm like, "Uh, okay. And of course, you, I don't want to discount that you need to be attracted, but I feel like there's like this hyper extreme <laughs> that happens yeah. on both ends. Women do it as well. But how do we have more grace, more of an open mindset in bo- in what we expect in terms of body image from other people?
1: Oh, this is such a great question. OK, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to gather my thoughts. So when it comes <laughs> to women, what I try to educate women on is the least important thing about you is how you look. Mm. Like it's the least interesting thing about you. So you have to develop more areas than just your appearance. I think for women, we put so much of investment, like even financial investment and time into our appearance that we, we miss out on developing other parts of ourselves. And then with men, it's about understanding that the woman's appearance is the least interesting thing about her Mm -hmm. and to start asking her and entertaining and getting to know the other parts of herself that make her wonderful the maker who she is mm-hmm. and we really need to move away both genders move away from diet culture mm-hmm. which worships thinness and equates it to health and moral righteousness
0: right gosh mm-hmm. i was just researching this actually and i know the victoria's secret fashion show canceled their fashion show yes. it
1: last year which i was like super <laughs>
0: pumped about because yes. i was looking at this and i was like gosh like the history of not only just the the runway show but then also like we had in the past like really idolized the fact that the women would have babies and then like weeks later be on the runway, tan Mm. perfectly thin and it was like oh my gosh what is, who is saying that that is something to be praised you know like I don't even know how healthy that is and it was terrible I'm like this makes me depressed thinking about that like I think that everyone's body type is so different too in genetics and like great but I can't measure what that her genetics or whatever in her life allowed her to get to that place compared to what I can do and and what even says that that's like the best part about me but i just hate that we kind of have idolized things like that I think what you're saying is so great like for women understanding your appearance is the least attractive part of you and for men understanding that as well you know like and i think this is collectively like how do we encourage each other to do that how do we do work on that for ourselves and how do we challenge ourselves in dating my process has been if i can look at someone and say i objectively think they're attractive in some way maybe I'm not like ooh I i want to make out with this person at first glance but if i'm like oh i find them to be in a like somewhat of an attractive human being and i'm interested to know more about their like soul and their character and who they are then i'll say yes to a date like a hundred percent i don't mm-hmm. have to be like oh my gosh they're like drop dead the most handsome thing i've ever seen on the planet you know
1: well exactly and it's about diversifying what we are being subjected to yes. with the media images So Mm, for women, it's diversifying if you're on social media and that's where you see most of your images, then you need to diversify what you're looking at. Yeah. So, you know, seeing a thin, you know, white woman or a thin young woman or whatever you're looking at, you know, that that can't be your only representation because then you're going to equate that that that's how everybody looks or should look and that's what people are only attracted to. Mm-hmm. And and it's so important that we recognize that the women that are out there and men that are influencers, you know, they're getting paid mm-hmm. to sell you a product, to sell you whatever it is or they're sponsored. I mean, this isn't just something that they're just doing for fun. Right. And, you know, there's a whole business behind this. It's a multi-multi-billion dollar industry. And so as a consumer, I really tried to educate my patients to understand like the power is in actually your hand. You can choose what you look at and what you don't look at. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I did for myself, I mean, I was a huge, you know, back in my day was all magazines and I loved magazines. And I would, I mean, I would read them obsessively, hoping to look like the girl that was doing the tone your arms in 10 days. right? And, you know, I told myself, well, if I do these moves for 10 days, like I'm going to look like her. And no, I'm not. I'm never going to look like her. Mm. And I don't need to, but that's what I was being sold. Yes. Because even if I did do the workout, which I did do genetically, I'm not going to look like her. And, and it's important to recognize that we need to honor our own body shape and strength and appearance the way that it is. And while those exercises can be helpful they They're not going to promise me what they are selling
0: right. It's so true. And then on the flip side, I think that's so important also for men, too. It's like, what are you guys consuming about what a woman should oh, look
1: like? Men's <laughs> health and fitness, and all like they're, they're, all that is all the supplementation, the mm. you know the counting of how much protein you're getting, the amino yeah. acids, your branch chains. I mean, it goes on and on. Like for men, I mean, when I work with men, around body image, I, I, I basically say to them, look, you probably know more than me when it comes to nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a nutritionist. I'm, you know, a psychologist, but you study it way more than I do. And I don't need you to learn more. I need you to unlearn. Mm -hmm. I need you to let go of the programming and start to trust your body again, to let you know when it's had enough and not fear bread. I mean, bread is not the enemy If your body can digest, (laughs) all the protein shakes and supplements and, you know, whatever you're taking in, trust me, your body can find a way to digest bread. Unless, of course, you have some, you know, horrific allergy. I'm not negating that, but yeah, it's it's just, it's so convoluted. And I think that comes with having
0: compassion for ourselves. I'd love to talk even more about having compassion because that's a thing for me. If one night I eat pizza and then the next day I'm going to like live in a dark shame because I had pizza the night before, then there's something, it's destroying the way I function and show up every day. So
1: Yeah, it's like
0: how do we continuously fight for having compassion for ourselves having grace having, you know, an understanding that like, yeah, during my time of the month, I gain fluctuation weight because of hormonal issues. And that's just the way it is, you know, and my body has changed. So no, I can't look like I won't look like the way I did six or seven years ago when I had like, almost six pack abs. (laughs) Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, I mean, I could get abs, but it's not going to look exactly the same. You know, I was 15, 20 pounds lighter. And my body just has changed through so many elements. And so continuously having that self-compassion, what are other things, anything else just on the area of self-compassion, Morgan, that you would suggest for people?
1: Well, I mean, as you were talking, I was just thinking that like, isn't that amazing that our bodies are able to respond and help us stay alive in the season that we're in? Whether we're battling depression or going through grief and loss or going through a miscarriage or going through, you know, losing our job, you know, our bodies show up for us on a daily basis. Mm. And, you know, it makes me think back to like, you know, there's been people that have left my life. And the one thing that's never left my life is my body. It's, it's done its best to always be there for me. And no matter how badly I've treated it and and mistreated my my body, and I think that that in of itself is just showing compassion. Mm. and i And I would believe that it's very difficult for men, especially, mm. to show themselves compassion because they're it's looked at as weak or unattractive, or what's you know what's wrong with you, be a man, you know, man up, you know all these horrific messages that yeah. culture has spun to men. And men are so emotional. I mean, I work, some of my patients, my male patients are some of the most successful, amazing men. And I think that the beauty of therapy is that they get to come into a space that's confidential where they can just dump and allow themselves to, you know, be emotional Mm. and know that it's in a safe space where they can receive support and compassion. And my hope is that, you know, that therapeutic setting can serve as the microcosm of their real world and the macrocosm of their, their daily life. Mm. Um, because it, I mean, there's so many men that come in here and get to my office and just will start to cry yeah. and they're like, Oh my God, I I've never cried about this. I've yeah. never allowed myself to be sad. And I'm like, what a gift, what a gift you are giving to mm. yourself in this moment, because it is, I mean, the compassion is just being seen, allowing yourself to be seen and be heard. Yes having the freedom to do that
0: and Mm -hmm. I
1: I think that for
0: men listening especially to like gosh how beautiful it is for a man to go to therapy I've been saying this a lot Mm -hmm. lately but I'm like hey I'm more attracted by the fact that you go to therapy than if you (laughs) play basketball every week like I I just like I I, because it shows me that you great if I want you to take care of your body that's great but like I would rather you be also take care of your emotional health too mm-hmm. and your mental health. And that is so
1: attractive to me. Like therapy is hot. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm like, yes. I'm like, I'm I, like I, 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 I say that to, uh, you know, the young girls and, and men that I work with, I'm like, this is a good thing. Like, and, and it's great because a lot of my, my young adult men are excited to tell their girlfriends you know i went to my therapist today because they're getting good feedback so i also think like if you're in a relationship with a man and he's telling you or has a desire to go to therapy like be a cheerleader you know like yes yes exactly affirm that and be supportive and you know, that's so important too. Yeah, um,
0: switching that narrative that it's okay for a man to cry and show emotion yes. and be vulnerable, like switching that sort of that masculinity narrative a bit to be like, okay, it's not just the strength and no emotions and tough kind of mentality. It's right. it's really about like showing your heart. <laughs> and yeah. so the more us women can affirm that and come alongside men who are doing that, I think that is gonna be so that's so huge in this process. I mean, I try to the best I can. Anytime I see a man being vulnerable with me or just publicly, I'm like, I will individually go up to them either through a text, a call, a message, whatever, and be like, wow, I really appreciate your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I see it and I want to mm-hmm. honor that because I know that in the culture today, it's really hard to do that. And so, That's thanks nice. for standing up. Thank you for admitting that you go to therapy. Thank you for crying. Like, <laughs> thank you for mm-hmm. all of these yeah. things gosh, Morgan, this is such a good conversation. And I'm just so glad we had this conversation. I know there's more we could say, but just because I think this is such a good starting point for people to really reflect on how is it that I've seen my body? What's contributed to that? How can I start breaking that down and have more body respect? And how can I change both how I see myself, but also how I start seeing others in dating too. And so Morgan, I ask everyone the same final question on every interview that I'm going to ask you now. What is your... Our final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today?
1: Oh, I love this question. So my final nugget would be to love yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the main relationship, the most important relationship that you can have is the one that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And then once, you know, when you continue to appreciate and give yourself that compassion and self-love, you're going to be even more of an incredible partner yes. to the person that you care about. I mean, that goes for all relationships, friendships, um, being a mother or a father, yeah. being a wife or, or a husband or a son or a daughter. You know, the more that I take care of myself, the better I am for my children. The more that I prioritize, you know, my own mental health, the better I am as a therapist. Yes. You know, the better, the more that I invest and in, work on creating, you know, love and compassion for myself, the more that I can show up for my my husband. Mm. So I really feel like that's such an important piece for us.
0: So good. I love I completely agree. And so for anybody who wants to connect with you, Morgan, or find out I know you have some awesome programs and things. How do they connect with you and share about anything you might have going on right now?
1: Yeah, so I had such an outpouring of people wanting to access my services. But being in Arizona, people were like, how do I, how do I learn from you? So I developed, um, an online body image course and it comes with a workbook, which is really great because the workbook really helps you guide you to follow along the, the online course. And the course is bye-bye body blame, how to love yourself without having to lose weight. And it's all about really what I went over, that four-step approach of clapping for yourself, so changing your negative thoughts, listening and responding, appreciating your body, and practicing the pause. And it goes through the etiology, so you'll understand what a positive body image is, what a negative body image is, diet culture, and there's a research study about the Minnesota Starvation Study that showcases what happens when we starve our bodies that was done Um, with Dr. Ansel Keys right after the war. Wow. And so um, it's really based in research, but also compounded with actual, you know, skills of development that you can practice anytime anywhere so um, once you buy the course it's yours for free and it's audio and video so you can listen to it at any time and um, it's also a great course if you wanted to do it as like a study group so if you got a group of friends that you could sit down and say okay we're gonna do this together we're gonna take you know each section and you know study it and then let's come back together work through the workbook Um, i've had several groups do that and that's been effective as well So they can find that course through my website, www.scottsdalepremiercounseling.com. Or you can just go to my Instagram, Dr. Morgan Francis, and go to the link tree. And the online body image course is right there. And um, I have all my... Podcasts up on my website. And also, you can sign up for my email newsletter because I give lots of tips and tools through my email newsletter as well.
0: Amazing. I love the idea too of doing it in a group. I'm like kind of thinking about that. I'm like, I should do that with friends because it's good for the accountability as well to say, to like really, you know, when I'm doing a new like fitness routine, I always am like, do you want to do it together? Because it's just like <laughs> having that accountability to like really make sure every week we're checking in and seeing how each other feels, sharing the hard parts about it, like really coming to insight with one another. I love that idea to also do it like in a group, like gather some of your friends. Yeah, it's really powerful. So it's, yeah, I'm glad. I love it. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for all your insight, all your wisdom, sharing so truthfully and just helping us out to like really figure out how to have a, a healthy body image and what the steps are and how to break it down. Something that I feel like pretty much every single person feels the weight of. And so I just appreciate all the work you're doing and all the things you shared with us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be here and I really have enjoyed our conversation. So thank you for having me.
0: All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed hearing from today's incredible expert, there are a lot of stigmas around mental health, and I hope that with this Heart of Dating Select series, we can begin to break those stigmas. There is truly no shame in needing to work on yourself or get help. And even more so, I think it is actually the wise thing to do to admit that you can't do it alone and you need to talk to someone. Last thing I want to say here, if you want to stay connected with us, come over and join the party on Instagram at at heartofdating and at kateness. We have tons of new, helpful, and fun content up there each and every week just for you. And then lastly, if you want to get more connected with others in this Heart of Dating community, make sure to check out our private Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash heart of dating. In this community, we have upwards of 6,000 singles doing life together each and every week, so make sure to check it out there. All right, y'all, that's it for today's Heart of Dating Select episode. I will see you next week.